What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the 48 Minutes Network NBA Draft Show. Uh, Tim Daniel hosts the 48 Minutes with host of at-large bid, Parker Fields. Uh, Parker, I would like to say that uh, I'm very excited that we're doing it episode two, and this was not one of our one-offs. Yeah, yeah, episode two is here. A day late, but it's here. Yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy couple days being a dad. You, you know, there's no such thing as, like, time management anymore. Because uh, I don't work in the NBA, so um, when it, you you know you record when you can record is kind of how <laughs> this goes. So um, yeah, man, I think uh, last week was a lot of fun. Got some good feedback from it. People like the insight. My ring light just fell, so we're on a roll. Um, <laughs> but I I I really ex- excited that we're keeping this going and kind of ready for uh, start this next group of guys. Exactly, exactly. Uh, good group of guys we have today. Uh, interesting group of guys with some very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> very interesting. So uh, I'm I'm interested to see what your takes are, and I'm gonna give my takes as well. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. So let's recap real quick the guys we talked about last week, and we started with Case and Wallace. Um, you know, we kind of went on there and said like Kentucky kind of controls their pace, their own de- destiny from here, and that included a very disappointing loss last night to Vanderbilt. But I think for the most part, you know, they got back in the top 25, like you and Neil uh, mentioned on at-large bid. And they, you know, had some decent games. But I thought Wallace, you know, especially uh, Florida, I thought he was pretty good. Auburn, I thought he played pretty well. Obviously, they, you know, kicked the tar, kicked the can, uh, kicked the tar out of them. Yeah. Um, but he had 19 points and nine assists in that game. And last night, you know, it was obviously a disappointing loss. And he was not very, very promising. Six points. Two rebounds, one assist, was two of seven from the floor. He left uh, the game with an injury as well, so we're trying to see his update on uh, if he's going to be able to play in the SEC tournament and everything like that. So, yeah, you know that was a game where they were kind of leaning a lot on guys like Antonio Reeves to kind of carry the way. Um, I know Oscar had a 20-20 double-double, but you know, that's uh, for a Kentucky team that was gaining steam at the right time, that's a very frustrating loss. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they just creep back into the top 25, and to have a loss like that right when you get back in the top 25 for the first time in over a month, that sucks. Uh, that's kind of a momentum killer, and uh, they just need to you know just – that's a game you throw away. That's a game you throw away. After how well you've been playing as of late, you just throw that one away and you you move on. For sure. Um, Colby Jones, wow. We said, uh, man, he's got a lot of great uh, opportunity coming up, and – you know, since that Villanova loss, he's been very good. Um, yeah. You know, I know last night, obviously, surprised they against Providence. He didn't score, really, I think, for the first eight minutes. 
ended up with 29, nine rebounds, four assists, was 10 of 11 from the floor, three of three from three, six of seven from the line. He played 37 minutes and did not have a turnover. So yeah. he was, you know, him and Soleil Boom were awesome last night. That's a great win for Xavier going against Providence. Um, but, you know, if NBA teams are wondering what kind of guy Colby Jones is, he might be a like-not-love prospect, but I think last night was a lot to love for sure. Yeah, no, he looked great last night uh, against a really good Providence team. That was a big win for Xavier because, like I mentioned on our podcast yesterday with Neil, um, Xavier has struggled in road games versus good teams this year. They've been pretty dominant yeah. at home, but they've definitely, since their – road stretch of their schedule because of how big their or weird their biggie schedule was this year where they were just home for a long time and now they're on the road for a while and everything like that jones has really kind of struggled or not jones the xavier team has really kind of struggled on the road uh this season and that was a big time win and jones i mean even hasn't been as good as on the road as he has been at home and uh this was a really impressive win and a very impressive game from him and uh, he might have just shot up on a few draft boards with that performance yeah i agree with you and then last one from last week, just want to real cap real kick. Uh, Jordan Hawkins did not have a great game yesterday against DePaul, albeit a UConn. Uh, huge, huge 29-point win. They didn't really need Hawkins in that game to score. Uh, but the two games before that, you know, you look at St. John's, he has 20 points and three steals. And the game before that against Providence, he has 20 points and six rebounds. So his 20-point streak of literally 20 even ended after three games. Has hit just strictly 20 points only in four of his last six. <laughs> Uh, so anything but consistent, but those two performances before you are starting to see him kind of gain some steam and get back into that first round conversation. So I'm, I'm very, very excited about his, his continued, his continued ability to build. Yeah. I think this guy has a lot of upside. Honestly, I really do. I think he could end up being a really good player in the NBA and I think he could be a steal for somebody. Uh, maybe the, like if the Warriors got this guy late first round, early second round, they would be pleased with this pickup. Uh, oh, he's a Warriors player. For yeah, sure. exactly. I was thinking about that. Um, yeah, if I was doing a mock draft right now, I, I might draft him if the Warriors had a later first round pick, but I'm pretty sure their pick right now would be like 16 or 17, something like that. It would be right outside the lottery. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I think this guy has really high potential. Um, yeah, last night, I mean, they didn't need him against DePaul. They were dominant against DePaul. Yeah. But he's been dominant as of late. Like, not even just those, like, 20-point games you said, the three. He scored 20-plus, I believe, in one, two, three, four. Only, I think, like, eight out of 11. I'm not going to do the math right there. But it looks like eight out of 11, 20-plus. <laughs> that's what it looked like to me. And that's really impressive to keep up that kind of consistency, especially with a team that, you know, is kind of like a grinded out defensive team. A lot of times to be that scorer on that team is huge for them and really impressive. I really think they can win the title. I, I, know, this is, I know this isn't that large bid, but um, I really think they can win the title. And I think he could end up winning like most outstanding player of the tournament. He's mm -hmm. that good. Um, I think he's creeping into Big East player of the year now. Yeah. It's going to be really, really interesting how all that breaks. There's down. no like dominant, player in the big east there really isn't it's like hopkins boom and him i feel like are yeah i would say those are probably the three and then uh the kid from marquette i always forget his name collect tyler Colick. yeah tyler Colick. he's been really good too yeah but i think those four you probably have to say are probably the leading candidates i don't know like, so it would be a steve nash award <laughs> yeah. steve nash like he his stats aren't don't jump off the, it's like 12 and 7 are his stats or or like a James Harden where like because of Sonogo he gets it because Sonogo's been so good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to get into three, like Parker said, really interesting prospects for this come to coming draft. Um, we have one guy who 
has been covered as, you know, the second coming of LeBron James, literally on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was in high school. Uh, we have a late bloomer in his high school class who's looking at a lottery pick and another Duke center who could be drafted literally anywhere on the board. And it's everything's up in the air. Um, so let's start with uh, Bryce Sensabaugh of Ohio State. Sensabaugh right now is kind of projected to be a lottery guy. And when you look at his shooting, that's the big thing. Uh, an crazy unbelievable splits. score. I mean, yeah, crazy splits, like you said. So 43% from three right this season. It was, uh, if he was playing at the NBA level uh, for the NBA line, they said he'd be shooting 38% from three on a 35% usage rate, which obviously he won't have that usage rate in the league. Also, you got to think also, though, he'd be getting way better looks in the league than he for is sure. in college. The spacing yeah. isn't there as much in college. Yeah, and you know, so like I was gonna come on here and talk about like I'm really concerned about his athleticism, and I still am. But then last week he had this like crazy insane dunk that I was like, oh, I, yeah. I did not see that coming. Um, last night came off the bench against Maryland. I, I can't believe Ohio State won that game. Uh, off the bench, twelve points and seven rebounds. He was four of eleven shooting, oh four from three, which is kind of his bread and butter. But Sensabaugh's a unique situation because you know, as far as at the NBA level. You put him in the corner as like a you know catch and shoot kind of guy. He's he's probably great in that role. Um, is he a guy that can make his own space as far as on a dribble handoff? I don't think so. Um, but if you look at the games where he's played really well, it's always against the better competition. So Indiana, he was really good in that game. I know they lost by a lot. Um, this you know just yesterday, Maryland's a really good basketball team and they win by eleven. And even though he wasn't doing his best shooting wise, he still kind of helped out a lot there. But I worry about his athleticism. Um, I, if you're looking for a guy who's going to go out there and give you like 20 points and six assists, this probably is not your guy. Uh, but the scoring, th- you know, the scoring is always going to stand out. And I think if you can, if you know, if you can shoot at the level he can shoot, you'll have a job in the NBA. Yeah, I agree with you. This guy is an absolute elite shooter. I mean, he's doing this averaging 16.4 points per game, barely playing over half the game. Um, in minutes, barely playing over half the game, 24 minutes per game on the season, which what are you doing? Ohio state? Like, like what is, why does he not play that much? I really don't get that. He's your best player by far. And he doesn't play that many minutes and it makes not very good. No sense. Your team's horrible. Like you've lost. How many did they lose in a row before last night? It was like nine. It was was quite a bit. It was something crazy, and, like, he's obviously your best player, and they don't play him enough minutes. But, like, you take a look at this guy's shooting splits on the road, which is important here because that shows, like, he can play in tough environments and stuff like that. 44% from three on the season on the road. Much better as a player on the road efficiently, uh, efficiency-wise from three. Uh, 38.7 at home. 17.3 points per game on the road. He's been to 15.6 at home. But then you take a look at – 0.3 blocks, 0.6 steals. Not a very active defender with, um, I mean, numbers like that. I mean, if you're a guard right. and you're averaging less than one steal a game, you're not very active on the defensive end. Let's just put it like, I don't think steals and blocks are be-all, end-all by any means. But but if you're if you're a guard at that guard position, you, you should be able to get a steal a game <laughs> or at least close to a steal a game. And he's only getting about 0.5 steals a game, which is a little bit of a problem there defensively. He's just not very active. And uh, not very doing much as a facilitator either. Only averaging one point one assists per game on the season. So uh, really needs to improve his facilitating. Definitely needs to improve that. Definitely needs to improve his all around game. But as a spot up shooter, I think he could play in the NBA right now and be JJ Redick. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah. 
But yeah, do I think I he can develop into something more to be determined? I don't know. Yeah. So to answer your question, um, they had lost nine in a row before they beat Illinois and Maryland in back-to-back games, which is so funny because you know they have Michigan State coming up on Saturday for their last regular season game. Uh, that's a noon tip. But yeah, I think that you know you talk about like is he a JJ Reddick, Kyle Korver kind of guy? I think he has certainly has that potential. Is he a guy who can go win the three point contest? Probably. Um, Maybe a Kevin Herder. <laughs> Kevin Herder, yeah, he could be a Kevin Herder. Don't put up I, eight though, like Kevin Herder in the three point contest. I think he kind of fits that mold for sure of those guys. Um, you know, I think that you can attest to this as a fan of the team. If I'm the Lakers and I still have that pick. Well, I guess they're going to have that pick because they can't trade it this year because of the pick swap in New Orleans. Um, if he's there, when I have my my selection, I I want him. I want yeah. him on my team. I think that with what they did to improve their shooting at the trade deadline, you add him to the team as well. Um, I think that's a really really good dynamic for them. I think he'd be a perfect player for what the Lakers are trying to build. For sure, I, I do as well. Um, I mean, the Lakers would die for a guy like that. Like, uh, he could be the, another Malik Beasley. You can't ever have too many shooters on your team by any means. And, uh, I mean, I think he could d- develop into a better athlete for sure. Like, once he gets in the weight room of the NBA training and everything like that, I think he definitely could develop into more of an athlete. But he's he's NBA-ready shooting right now, and there's no doubt about that. And he could definitely help out a team strictly for that. The question really is just, like, is he worth a high lottery pick if he's going to develop into more than just – JJ, I mean JJ Reck had a hell of a career, but his best years were in were when he was in his mid thirties. Um, right, his best years were once the NBA changed and everything like that. So maybe Sensible, the NBA is already uh, in this three point shooting wave. Maybe Sensible is a little more valuable than Reddick was early on in his career. Yeah, I agree. I think that in this draft, he's for sure a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. Next year, probably not. The year before that, probably not. Yeah, this probably draft isn't a- very deep. Right. You know, there's such a, you know, after the, after uh, the Thompson twins and I like, I love Jarius Walker and I know we're going to talk about him pretty soon. Um, I love Grady Dick, but I don't think Bryce is too far behind those guys. And they're going on a lot of mock drafts, like in that top five, top seven, and he's mm-hmm. going like between 12 and 14. So um, I, yeah, I I'm with you. I like him. I think that his shooting ability is there. I, I do like, I do agree with you about the athleticism. You're seeing flashes of it. Like I mentioned that dunk he had in the, um, the not Maryland game. Who was the game for that? Uh, uh, Illinois, he, Illinois. Yes. Thank you. The dunk he had in the Illinois game was very, very impressive. Um, and he's a good rebounder, you know, like you said, he's not an active defender, but he does hit the boards. So I'm curious to see, how things play out for him because obviously, you know, their only chance of playing in the postseason is winning the big East tournament. I mean, the big 10 tournament, and that's a very, very uphill battle. So um, we'll see how that goes for him. So talk about another guy who's been a team who's been really just like really disappointing this year has been a really kind of a letdown um, for their squad. And that's uh Duke center freshman, Kyle Filipkowski, the 6'11", 220, which first off 6'11", 220 in the NBA, you're going to get eaten alive yeah um there are things about him i love and there are things about him that scare the legitimate heck out of me as a as a player in the next level um i'm gonna start with you know some things that really jump out for me is as a shot creator and a passer i really like him i think that he really has a you know he really does a great job setting his teammates up he is kind of the focus of duke so you know, he's the guy everyone's like planning for in the scouting report. Um, 
I think those things are going to really kind of translate well. But he's a shot creator, but he's not much of a shooter as he's shown this year. And that's really frustrating. Um, I don't know much about his lack of quickness and athleticism. You know, I don't know where his athleticism is going to come from at the NBA level. But, you know, could he be a guy who can like crash the boards? Sure. But he's not a rim protector. You know, no. he's not necessarily someone who's going to go out there and get you four or five blocks in a game. Like, you know, you're not getting Evan Mobley here by any means. No. But, but I do think his offensive ability as far as everything is going to be something where he could be a really good role player for a team. I will say right now he's projecting that like out of the, outside the lottery first round. I would not be shocked if he dropped in the second round. I would not be shocked either because call me crazy. I He just scares me as a bust, like bad. He just really scares me. <laughs> just gut feeling right there. He gives me Dragon Bender vibes sometimes. Like when I watch him play, like I don't know. Uh, just Good big, comp. big white guy shooter, but can't really shoot. But he's supposed to be a shooter. Um, but Philip Pawski, the thing that scares me too is even though he's like Duke's like leading scorer and stuff, and like he's supposed to be their number one option, they don't play him all the time in crunch time. They take him out of games, close games, like three, four minutes left, and it's like, uh, like your coaches don't trust you, and you're supposed to be the best player. Of the t- I don't know. That scares me a little bit because that's kind of like, what the, but um. Just based off his game, it's just consistency with him. He, like, will look dominant sometimes. Like, I was watching the Louisville game um, when the NBA wasn't on. That was the only game that day that was big. Um, He was playing Louisville, and he looked really amazing for, like, a three-minute stretch and had, like, seven points, grabbed a few boards, blocked a shot in literally, like, a two- to three-minute stretch. And he didn't really do anything the rest of the game. Like, he put up almost all of his stats in a seven or in a two- to three-minute stretch. And it's just stuff like that. Like, he's just really inconsistent. And he's not always assertive. Like, he's super aggressive for a few minutes. And then he just, like, won't shoot for 10 minutes of a game. And, like, you can't do that if you're the guy on your team. You can't be doing that. When I saw in the PK-85, and this is no disrespect to my guy, Jack Nungy. I love Jack Nungy. When I saw Jack Nungy handling him defensively. Yeah, no, Jack Nungy can't guard people. <laughs> he guarded Philip Kowski. He, like, yeah. you know held him to like four of 10 shooting, which, you know, from the floor as a big who gets the ball is, in the block. Is he a center not... in the NBA? Philip? No, that's what he's I'm too... saying. No. So like, what is he? I don't think he could play four cause he can't guard a f- NBA four. He, um, I, he... I, I, my question is defensively. Who is he guarding is my question. Defensively. I agree with you. I agree with you. I just, he can guard, about... he can guard rim roll centers, but he can't guard Embiid. Imagine him versus Joel Embiid or Jokic. No. That's even what I'm DeAndre, saying. Even DeAndre Ayton. No, it, it, like, any low post threat big man, he can't guard. He could guard like Nick Claxton. <laughs> like maybe Vooch. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Vooch might destroy him on the block. Yeah. I don't know. Um but... when Vooch just tries to shoot threes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Believe me. I know all about that. The thing is, yeah, but like like you said, like I think all your fears make a ton of sense. It's, you know, I don't know why, you know, I know this is a weaker draft. Like we just talked about with Sensabaugh where that could be a benefit for him. But, you know, if you look at like their bigger games on their schedule, he hasn't really shown up for a lot of them. So, no, you know, you look at UNC, he's four of 14 from the field that game. 
you look at, like we just mentioned, Xavier does not play very well in that game, the PK-85. Virginia does not score in that game. Um, you know, so there is a lot uh, to, uh, where I kind of scratch my head on him. And I'm not saying this as an anti-Duke guy. I'm saying this as someone who watches the league on a consistent basis like we do. There's just so much about him where, like I said, I love his ability to pass. I think that, like, could he play like a Kevon Looney role, like a like a like a be a lower extent Kevon Looney for some team? Maybe. That's but... what we're hoping for, though. Is my question a Kevon Looney? Right, right. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. But, like, there's just a lot to be like where I'm kind of just shaking my head on him because I don't know where he fits. And like you mentioned, you know, he fits the Duke the Duke breed of centers, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. I- I guess not really, because Mark Williams has been good. He just plays on a really bad basketball team. Yeah, Plumlee's been pretty solid in the NBA. He has, like, yeah. He was, I don't. He wasn't supposed to be a star, so Plumlee's carved out a nice career. Um, I will say this about him though: there's like flashes. I got his highlights up right now, just like to look at, because I wanted to see some of like his flashes though are like really good. Like when you some of the plays he makes, you you're like, yeah, that's a top ten pick, right? <laughs> like, like the way he moves i will say his mobility for his size is extremely impressive he's not like he's like he reminds me not on basketball skill whatsoever based off build and athleticism he reminds me of a young Kristaps porzingis off of how he moves he's smaller a little bit he's 6 11 7 foot he's listed 7 foot on espn but 6 11 7 foot porzingis is 7 3 but his movement and stuff reminds me of Porzingis when Porzingis was slimmer and stuff. Porzingis is a little beefier and bulked up now, so he's he's not as quick as he once was when he was early New York days. But that's kind of what he reminds me of, like his flashes, like when he's moving and, and stuff up and down the floor. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I don't know. I just don't know if I if I if I'm a GM, if I'm like in that eighteen nineteen got to hit range. Mm-hmm. Am I taking Kyle Filipkowski to add to my bench, especially if you're Golden State, where you know your last four or five draft picks have not been contributors to your team? No, um, Baldwin you know, isn't looking great. <laughs> Moses Moody doesn't look like he's playable. I think Kuminga's Kuminga's been all right. He's been all yeah. Right. I think he's plenty good. I think he could be a really good NBA player. I don't know if he's in the right situation. Yeah, um, I agree. I think like, Kaminga might be averaging twenty right now if he was drafted by the Pistons or, yeah, <laughs> or I like the Wizards or yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, maybe not the Wizards. Everybody turns out to be horrible once you're drafted by the Wizards. Besides Bradley Beal and John Wall, you turn out yeah. horrible. <laughs> I mean, even you know, if you look at James Wiseman with the Pistons getting more opportunity to play and stuff like he had twenty three the other night. Yeah, he hasn't looked too bad. Um, he's not rebounding still the way I would like for him to, but yeah. Um, you know, if you're Golden State, do you take a chance on him? I don't know. If you're Miami, another team who's so good at drafting and developing players, do you take a chance on him? Especially when you already have Nikola Jovic there. I don't know. Um, I don't think if you're the Pacers, you want him. No. By any means. I think, do the Spurs, like, have anybody's pick? If I'm the Spurs do. and I got a 20-something pick, take him. I would take him. As a, I think he does have a lot of potential if he hit his potential. But I think there's a lot of bust vibes as well. It's just, yeah, it's a little bit of both. So right now, Tankathon has him as the 19th pick to the Warriors. I don't know about that. Um, 
I see the play style, but not the he's a project, I think. I think he's a couple years from contributing. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. All right. So here's uh kind of one of the biggest hot buttons in the draft. And that is um Amani Bates of Eastern Michigan, formerly of Memphis, literally has been dubbed like the next Ke- was dubbed the next Kevin Durant in high school, was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in high school. Uh, reclassified to go to Memphis a year early and had an okay year. Uh, was very up and down, didn't play a whole lot, only played 18 games, which was very frustrating. Uh, he was not... 17 years old, though, and his defense just a little bit. <laughs> sure, sure, he's absolutely. He was a kid yeah. last year. He's still a kid. He's yeah, still he's a kid. 18, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it just it sucked that Jalen Duran looked so good mm-hmm. as a reclassification and he didn't. And I think that really kind of shocked people. But uh, this year in Eastern Michigan, where he's gotten to take every shot he possibly can, um, he has taken full advantage of that. So he's averaging 16 shots a game. He's only shooting 41% from the floor. You talked about a little bit for a second last week about how you just hate his shot selection. And I am it's right horrible. there. Um, but he's a guy that like, if he does get his, get to spots and he does like light it up and he's feeling it. There's nights where he is awesome. There's nights where he is no, incredible. There's nights he drops 40 in that league. Yeah, in for sure. Mac. It's the Mac, right? Eastern Michigan. Yeah, he's in the Mac, yeah. Um, Ryan Lester, who works with us, wouldn't shot the game when they played uh, Miami, Ohio up there. And he wasn't very, very good that game. He was awesome. Yeah, 5 game, of 18. The, yeah, the game before that, I think, was his like 49-point game. Yeah, uh, 43. So I asked the scout. I was like, okay, right now, two years into college, what do you think of Amadi Bates? And he said, he is a street ball player. He is a strictly like goes off of athleticism. Um, I can't see any situation. Let me look up. This. I'm not going to name the, who the scout was, but I will go through here. So this is what he said about Amadi Bates. He's a street ball player. He's improved the season, but can he play in structure? How much better would a team be if he was on it? He played in the worst conference and they were in last place. He didn't contribute to wins in a conference that he should have carried his team. There's no think. way he's a first rounder, is what he said. I don't I, I don't know if I I might take him in late first round just because like there's a shot he ends up being a superstar in the NBA. There is a a, a planet where that happens. So, like, right now, the Pacers have that Celtics first-round pick, which is, like, the late 20s. I would take him with the Pacers, like, if I was the Pacers. You already It'd be have fun. Structured. You already have Matherin's a proven. You got Tyrese Halliburton. You got some good structured young guys that are proven. You can take a fly in the wall. Plus, you have your first-round pick that you can. And we're around Fort Wayne plenty. We know they do a great job sending guys down there to develop and contribute to the team. So, that's a situation where he might be able to do that for, a, like, a few games here and there. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're drafting Imani Bates, you're drafting him strictly for his ability to shoot and how young he is to see if you can develop him as a star because any six ten with a handle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, he is only 19. He's going to be 19 at the draft. So I don't know. Um, he's going to be the kind of like the bull bull of this year's draft, right? Where you watch the second round to see. If he like where he drops, where he goes to, um, there are certainly things about him where I think he could be a really good NBA player. As far as like, you know, like you said, like the athleticism, um, the ability to kind of change games. But I don't, 
see him as much of a teammate. I don't see him as much of a team player. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing him like running a system. <laughs> like, like I, I just I don't know. I have a hard time just seeing that happening. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but it's just it's it's tough to see right now. I don't see it. Um I'm trying to think, you know, let me look at his Memphis numbers from last year because they're rough. I knew they were rough. But there were games like the Cincinnati game last year when they were there. He played really, really well. Um, and look, he was on a good team. Josh Minot, Jalen Duran, they were drafted. They didn't play great all the time, but they took Gonzaga to the wire. And they should have beat Gonzaga. I yeah, they had him beat. That. <laughs> yeah, they for sure had him beat. You're right. Um, but I don't know, man. I think with him, there's just and so I will many say last questions. year, though, I don't think penny used him right though too he tried to play him at like point guard if you remember he tried to run Bates at like point guard you remember that yeah he didn't play in the tournament yeah he did he played uh 12 minutes oh i'm looking at the wrong year that's him he hadn't played in two months and then he came back for the tournament that's right because he played three minutes in the boise state game yeah so that was probably when it was a blowout and then um, five points, twelve minutes in the Gonzaga game. Yeah, Duran was Duran was awesome in that game. He, he was dominated so good. Chet. He dominated. Chet yeah, he did. Game. I'm very high on Jalen Duran. I have not been secret about it. So, um, I am too. If they get some of those centers out, they have six centers. What do you? I what think, do? You, how are you liking that though? Duran and James Wiseman. It's kind of fun. They um, have. Think about this though, of like the last five like high school classes. Yeah, they have the top center like every year of those high school classes. Durin. Wiseman was Bagley was the number one player in his class. Wiseman was yep. the number one player in his class. Dern was the number was he was the number one player in his class when things ended before he reclassed. Yeah, he overtook Bates as the number one player. I remember. Yeah, you're right. And then Stewart was like the third player in his class. I remember. And then of course you know Jaden Ivy was top ten. Cade was the number one player. Yeah. God, they were all the number one player in their class. That's the all uh, 24-7 sports team. Yeah, literally. Are. But I like the uh, Wiseman-Durin pairing. I'm not going to lie to you. I think it could be a really fun, like, if they just put those two together and, yeah. like, had Cade and Ivy just do whatever the hell they want short scoring-wise. Wiseman's got a jumper, too. I know he hasn't he really shown it in the NBA, but he could shoot the ball in, co- or in high school. He could shoot in college before he got uh, suspended. I just hate that, like, I feel like the rim running has gone away with him. And I think yeah. that's where, like, that was kind of his bread and butter in high school. So I would like to see that come back uh, for sure. But so you think you'd say if you have, if you're like the Pacers, or you're like one of these teams that has multiple first round picks, yeah, you would take him at the end yeah. of the first. I would. What about you? I would definitely think about it. I don't know if I'd pull the trigger. Um, but I would love to see him in like a situation where, you know, in the second round he goes to like Orlando and goes and plays all those young dudes and they're just like young kids trying to have fun and figure it out. Um, if I'm the Lakers and he drops to be at 41, I'm probably taking him. Yeah. Um, so you think he'll end up being a first or second rounder? I think he's a second rounder, unless he just has like an unbelievable combine um, where he like shows that he can shoot and he shows that you know he can like run a run a system like you said like 
Amani Bates the pick, as a pick and roll ball handler should be incredible. Or Eastern Michigan goes crazy, goes on a run. Amani averages forty in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Mac's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a really fun mid major tournament. Um, I gotta go work a mid major tournament tonight. I'm not excited about it at all. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's uh, they're gonna be really interesting here. I know we haven't, and we kind of talked about when we put this idea together about a few different guys that we probably just work and I do put spend a lot of time on strictly because how high they were rated. And one of those was Scoot Henderson. But I do want to touch on Scoot Henderson real quick. Not going to full scouting report by any means. A linebacker. <laughs> Dude, he is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. He is super athletic. He can grab the ball and go coast to coast, no problem. But I am super worried about his ability to shoot. Yeah, no, his jump shot doesn't look pretty when he shoots. No, no, like I thought he like you know the, the G League team played in the uh, Jordan Rising Stars Challenge at the All Star Game, mm-hmm. and he has some good flashes there. But man, he just the the shooting is like this weird mystery with him. Where, um, yeah, he's he's, he's from the breed of Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose and. Um, I, I got some worries about that for him at the next level. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, I think if you're taking a number two pick and you tell them you, they can turn out to be Russell Westbrook's career, you'd that's take true. That's Absolutely. my thing. So like, if he's not the best shooter and he can still become Derek Rose or Russell Westbrook, I don't think anybody's going to be upset with that. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Um, being a, Yeah top 75 player ever yeah so those that's gonna be interesting i'm really curious to see you know how much he works on that he said something in an interview where he really loves russell westbrook's ability to have a pull-up jumper and i went oh no (laughs) that's not good russ had like a year or two where he was decent on the (laughs) mid-range but like literally like you said and a per 36 minutes, 22 points, eight rebounds. I mean, eight, eight rebounds, six assists guy. You take that for sure. Yeah. So, and by the time he's in the NBA and starts working out with Russell Westbrook, he's going to be average of 25, 14 and 13. <laughs> his, his statistic. I mean, his like scouting report is a thousand percent Westbrook. No yeah. defense turns the ball over too much. Can't shoot free throws, but, uh, but it's unbelievable. Motor, loves oh. basketball. Unbelievable we'll, on the boards. Can't we'll do, do anything, the open man. Yeah. We'll do anything to get better. Like loves basketball, always working, and just aggressive as hell. <laughs> yeah, he's a thousand percent worth the gamble. A thousand percent. Yeah, because if the- he if he at like at worst, like if 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 you told me at worst he became Russell Westbrook, like who the hell would be upset about that for like his Westbrook's prime? I mean, I know he's kind of terrible right now. And everybody, but people forget kind of this guy was a top five to 10 player for a little bit in the, in the league, top 10 for a long time. So I'm going to do the thing on take a thon real quick, where I simulate the lottery mm-hmm. and see who gets what. And we'll see how it goes. <laughs> the Pacers at the first pick, jump up five spots to get Victor Wembeyama and Scoot Henderson goes to the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, Could God. you imagine a Scoot, Scoot Henderson Lamello, Lamello ball? God, that actually might be great for Scoot because then he, if he like just starts to be like a cutter, yeah, Lamelo likes to pass. Yeah, that would be awesome. I love it. 
I just Charlotte's terrible. Uh, they're yeah. really bad. Um, but Lamelo needs a co-star, so I would absolutely love the idea of Wembeyama. This is like a guy who like has lived in Paris his whole life and like has just like had this wonderful like French life, and it's like welcome to Indiana. Oh, oh to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Tyrese Halliburton diamond that guy up though. Oh, dude, they'd be they'd be a contender like in a year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm just scared play- about him. I'm scared about Wimbenyama just because like his the hype is so insane. I'm scared build. if he's just like no, not even that. I'm just scared that like if he's not as good as advertising, he's still good, but like not good as advertised, that kid's just gonna get killed, like ridiculed I- all the time, and I just feel. I think my only fear with him as far as a player is I just don't think he can offensive rebound. I just yeah. feel like, yeah, like that's where I'm going to be always concerned about him. But, um, you it's know, obvious, the obvious, yeah, yeah. Uh, the obvious, like big men that are that size having a foot, foot injury. injury. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so weird though. Cause this is the first year this draft class. They're younger than me. The freshman. Welcome. <laughs> first time I'm older welcome. than the, right now. I'm the same age as like Palo and them, but. I'm going to be older than the draft class coming in this year. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any, any guys in mind you want to – so we can preview for next – tell the people we're going to talk about next week? I, You know who I wanted to do one on? Really? Because I just want to know – I just want to, like, do a deep dive on it. I want to do Drew Timmy. Okay. Like, as the second rounder. I'm down. Yeah, because, like, he's just had such a great college career and stuff. Let's, like, talk if we think he can – ever do anything in the nba like seriously yeah he's had such a great college career so all right we'll do drew timmy um you know i want to talk about my guy cam whitmore yeah love me some cam whitmore can't believe he's dropping out of the top 10 in places right now because even if villanova's been bad he is a machine mm-hmm. so drew uh, timmy, you texted cam me whitmore. before the season you thought he was gonna be a top three pick i yeah and then i saw amen thompson play and went okay i'll take that back <laughs> All right, so we need a mid first rounder. Um, how about Maxwell Lewis? All right, let's nine. Yeah, good player. So next week is going to be Cam Whitmore, Maxwell Lewis, and Drew Timmy. So if you want to get your perspective on them, we should be back to our regular Wednesday, barring anything going on. But uh, yeah, this is going to wrap up episode two of the Forty Eight Minutes NBA Draft Show. Parker, always appreciate it, and we'll be back next week. Fun. See you guys then.